Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You hired her to paint a picture of your dog. I'm sorry that you lost your dog. But did you think she was doing it for free? Because of the group that we were in, it's the DIY and supporting other artists and... I asked her if she would be willing to paint one for me, and she said she would, but she never mentioned any cost at that time. This is the plaintiff, Karen Savage. She says the defendant hired her to paint a picture of her deceased dog. Now the woman has her picture, and she has no money. That's right, the defendant's trying to stiff her, and she's here suing for the 95 bucks. She's old. This is the defendant, Katie Weimer. She says her one-year-old puppy, Shelby, was run over by a car, and the plaintiff painted a picture of her beloved dog for her. The plaintiff, however, never mentioned she was going to be charging her for the painting. The woman should have told her that before painting the picture, not after, and she's not paying. She's accused of getting painted into a corner. All parties, please your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, Your Honor. Okay, Ms. Savage, what brings you to court today? Well, in, back in July, I um, posted a picture of a dog that I had painted for my sister on Facebook. And Katie is a member of one of the groups that I posted the picture on. And she said she'd love me to paint a picture of her dog. So I okay. found her on Facebook. And that was on the 20th of July of last year. And on the 21st, she responded back. And that's when we started talking. I asked her what kind of dog she had. She told me the sad, sad story about how her dog got run over. And I felt so bad for her. And I told her how much the paintings were. I gave her two prices for two different sizes. And she chose the smaller one. And then I told her, I showed her a picture of the dog I've painted for my sister and told her that the shipping is going to be kind of expensive, around $40, because she lives in Colorado and I live in Florida. And she said that would be okay. And then what happens? You get to the post office, you finish the painting, you actually send her a picture of the painting. Yes. And then you find out the shipping's $5 more, you run that by her, and you send it off. And you send it off before she pays you. Unfortunately, yes, yes, my bad. You're new at she this, she, aren't you? I was new, yes, very new. Yeah. And she said yeah. she was going to pay me that day, so I sent her the And picture. did she? She never paid me. 
but I did right. send the picture. You get payment first. Oh, I know you sent the picture. Payment first, product after, right? Particularly I when know. you've already, in fact, 50% of the payment before you start doing the painting. I mean, <laughs> what if she never gives you money and you've painted some, some lady's dog? Ms. Weimer, what's going on? Oh my goodness. Between all the conversations that I had with uh, Miss Savage, I do not recall her ever saying anything about the cost of shipping until she was at the post office. And she said it was gonna be this, this amount. And I was thrown off by the cost of the shipping. It seemed, I know it's gonna be um, a lot, but I did not know it's gonna be that much. And my husband had also been contacting Miss Savage on my Facebook. And so there was a lot of things that I did not know or were aware of until afterwards. And so okay. it just put me in this really bad position where I did not know what was going on. I don't get it. What did you think? You, you hired her to paint a picture of your dog. I'm sorry that you lost I your didn't. dog, but did you think she was doing it for free? Because of the group that we were in, it, it's the DIY and supporting other artists. And I asked her if she would be willing to paint one for me. And she said she would, but she never mentioned any cost at that time. So. So she never mentioned cost, and you never agreed to pay $50, and you're part of a support group that supports artists by making them work for you for free? Not work for free. It was, I thought she was doing something from the bottom of her heart, kindness, knowing what had just happened to me. This dog was more than just a dog. It was my service animal. I mean, she was with me constantly. And, um, you know, I suffer from extreme anxiety and PTSD. And that dog was literally my my guiding light through life. No, I, I, I don't doubt and, that. What I'm asking you is, um, do you have the painting that the plaintiff painted for you? Yes, I do. You do. All right. And did you know before she paid the shipping for the painting, before she paid it, did she tell you, hey, it's going to be $45 for shipping, and did you say yes, okay? She contacted me at the post office saying it shipped and that's how much it was going to cost. And what did you say? I'm not paying for shipping? What, what was your response to it? No, I, I did say, okay, let me talk to my husband. And then, like I said, my husband had been communicating with her on my Facebook Messenger. Okay, and I see you at one point where he wrote to her, and the only thing he said to her was, this is Robert, Katie's husband. Kay, apologize. We recently had a break-in and lost everything. That painting is on my wall, and you deserve every penny of the $105. I am so sorry. I will send it out ASAP. Thank you, and your painting brought love and hope. Know it is amazing and means so much. Send me an address. I'll send it immediately. And this is an admittance of payment, so please don't waste your money on court. Just send me the address. That's the only time I see your husband writing to her when she threatens small claims court because it is now at that point how many months that you had not been paid, Ms. Savage? Oh, that was in October. So it was from right when at July, and I sent the painting July, August, the end September, of July, October. So that's right. So that's three, three months, months later. She's finally saying that she's going to end up taking you to small claims. Did your husband ever send that money? No, he did not. And he had messaged her several okay. other times in between that. That was about the payments. Oh, okay, great. It's 
has anybody, well, but nobody sent the payment, right? Because that's why I'm here. All right, right. Who is this the yes. painting that you sent her? Is this the one for your sister, Ms. Savage? This is really cool. Very beautiful. Very cute. So I'm looking at some, face, some Facebook messages. Let's go over them. This one is from July 21st, where she says, I live in Florida. She sends you a picture of the one she did uh, for her sister. She says, I live in Florida. Shipping is about $40. Unfortunately, I just did this one for my sister. She wanted a lot of bling. What kind of dog was your sweetie? She was a toy terrier. I can pay the shipping. That's no problem. So we know you agreed before she was at, she hadn't even painted the painting yet. So that's because she's showing you her sisters and asking you what kind of dog is your dog. So you agreed to shipping before she even shipped it. That's not on the day of shipping that you find out. The only difference was a $5 difference, which you agreed to. You say you didn't know you were supposed to pay her. This is on July 22nd. What size do you want? You, the normal size you make, LOL, I guess, LOL, her. 16 by 20 is 100, 12 by 16 is 50, stretch canvas. And you say, you say, I'll take 12 by 16. So can you explain to me after I've just read to you your own words, why this lady sent you this beautiful painting that is so meaningful to both you and your husband and you both end up stiffing her? I really don't want to make any excuses, but I should have not let my husband communicate for me because then there was a lack of communication between my husband and I. And he told her I don't understand. he was gonna pay her. He t okay, and so why didn't he pay her? Because I usually, I don't know. Hmm. Do you talk to your husband? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Okay, so what is, you know, what is it then? Is it financial difficulties or you didn't think that she would actually take you to court? So you thought you could get away with it, which is it? No, at that or did you time, really think that people go around doing stuff, doing stuff for you for free and paying out of her pocket? She not only paints you the painting for free, but she pays out of her pocket to get it to you. Which of the three alternatives is it? No, it's we were in a huge bind. We had, like he had said, we had been robbed for thirty-five thousand. I mean, we got the police involved, the CBI, everyone, and we just—it was a really bad time. And I'm sorry about that, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't get, then don't order paintings at that time. Uh, she gets her $95, and let me just say, you are very talented. Did you just start doing this for uh, uh, commercially? Well, you're very yeah. talented. I think they're whimsical and lovely. And what is your website? KarenSavageArt.com. There you go. You may have had a sue in court, <laughs> but you got a little plug on the people's court. Ms. Thank Weimer, you. pay the lady, $95. Good luck, folks. So the judge fines for the plaintiff for the full amount, the $95. Ms. Weimer, uh, you know, everybody is certainly sorry about your, your, your dog. Uh, let me ask you, number one, the painting. How important is that painting to you now? And, and how good do you think it is? When you saw it, what was your reaction? I cried. It's breathtaking. She does amazing work, and... That's um, a piece of art that will always be with me. So I'm sorry, but you're going to have to pay her, okay? Good luck to you. Okay. Thank you. All right. You're very welcome. Ms. Savage, uh, you know, I bet you've learned something from this incident, haven't you? I have. I have. I've learned a lot. Get paid first and then do the painting, or at least half of it.
At least you have a very satisfied customer. She loves the dog, and obviously it's going to be important. near and dear to her for a long time. So that'll make you feel yes. good, okay? Thank okay. you. And you got a plug. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that'll wrap it up for this case. Very good again, Ms. Savage. You are one lucky lady. Okay. Harvey? Thank you. What do you think? So uh, the plaintiff ended up getting uh, $95 for the painting. And what's interesting about this case is that the reason is not so much between the two of them, the plaintiff and the defendant. It's the fact that the defendant's husband had an email or and, and basically acknowledged that payment was due. So sometimes, even if the agreement is a little bit vague, uh, if there's collateral uh, evidence, like in this case, that'll do it. Hey, Judge Marilyn, do you ever follow up with the litigants after their cases are over? Thanks. Patience. I, I often will tell the litigants, and drop me a line and let me know what's happening. Um, so either they are dropping the line and my producers are not telling me, which I highly doubt, or they leave us and then they move on with their lives. Right. Um, yeah, have you ever, you've had um, criminal defendants write to you. Right? Yeah, I've had people reach out to me or I've met them in, in places uh, on the street. I've met them. I, I have met them right. on the street and I was in a parking lot and it was right. dark and I was yeah. petrified. And the the fellow said, you were my judge and blah, blah, blah. He said, oh, you changed my life. Thank you. And shook my hand. And <laughs> well, that's that was always that. a nice feeling. But once also, didn't you have a litigant here on the People's Court who had appeared before me in another Oh, my lawsuit. gosh. He was talking. Right. He was talking about his case in Florida, uh -huh. and then he said, and then I was in front of Judge Schlesinger, and I, I said, oh, that's funny. He goes, why is that funny? I said, you know, that's my husband, right? And right. he was like, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say I treated him right? or what, what I can't say? remember. He was kind of nutty. the book at him? Was, I, don't, I don't remember what he said. Oh. <laughs> All's well that ends well. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is the plaintiff, Jose Perez. He says he rented an apartment in the defendant's building, and there was a fire, and his place was ruined. The defendant's a horrible person who's withholding his security deposit, owes him for his ruined belongings, and he's suing for the $3,267.11 he's owed. This is the defendant, William Green. He says the fire was nobody's fault. It was due to bad wiring. He offered the guy money when he moved out, but he rejected it. So now he owes nothing. He's accused of getting a tenant. Hot. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff claims... His belongings were torched during a horrible fire uh, in the defendant's building, so the defendant owes him big time. Now, the defendant's saying that the fire was an accident, so he doesn't owe bubkis. It's the case of the tenant who was hot and bothered. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Mr. Perez, you were renting an attic bedroom from Mr. Green, right? Yes. Now, it was a whole apartment, the whole attic. Okay, and then would you use a common kitchen? 
A common kitchen, yes. We, it was a common kitchen. I got it. So you're renting the apartment. You're renting it from June of 2019. And then what happens in February of 2020? There was a fire. I'm in my bedroom and I smell something. And then I go and I see the fire coming out from the ceiling. Hold on. What did you see coming out of the ceiling? Fire. Flames. Actual flames. Not smoke, but flames. Flames, yes. Okay. I mean, a okay. scary experience. Wow. Okay. So I grabbed the extinguisher. It, it jammed. So I called my housemate from downstairs. He turned it off. So you didn't realize how to use the fire extinguisher, so he came up and he used the fire extinguisher. Right. So, I mean, even though it wasn't that turned out the fire, it wasn't for me, the house could have burned down. Right. You know, of course I had to move out. So I moved in with my mother. Well, what happened? Did someone call the, the fire department? I called the fire department. He told me not to, and I said, no, 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 listen. We have to be sure. So, yes, the fire was off, but since they wanted to make sure, they chopped down everything. So most of the damage was done by the fire department rather than the fire itself. Right. That's, that often happens. So what did the fire department do? They just they gutted the whole ceiling to make sure there was no fire in the walls. So it was Mr. uninhabitable. Green, were you there when this was happening? Yes, I was, Judge. And when the fire department came in, when they started tearing the house apart, what did you do? I waited outside in the street and watched my home and hope it didn't burn to the ground, and it didn't. All right, so uh, in an abundance of caution, of course, the fire department is tearing, tearing down the ceiling in the attic to make sure there's no more faulty wiring. So there's faulty wiring in your building that you're renting out to him, and as a consequence of that evening and the fire, um, which, thank the good Lord, you weren't asleep, Mr. Uh, Perez, but, uh, you know, uh, thanks to that, and the fire department's response to rip stuff out, the place is uninhabitable for him. He moves out, because you can't live there, and he wants his security deposit back. And can you explain to me why it is that you wouldn't give him back his security deposit and a refund for the rest of February that he didn't get to use? We had an oral contract, and that contract, it consisted of an agreement, and it included, of course, consideration, him paying me security and my myself providing him a place to live that required 30 days in writing of intent to vacate. So you feel that he should have let you know 30 days in advance that your faulty wiring in your building was going to erupt on fire? You think he should have no, uh, had he, a premonition? And No. He When he moved to his mother's house, he made it clear that his intent was to move back in after repairs were made. And so I held the place for him and uh, maintained the ongoing contract uh, of reserving the space for him. And I'm sorry, course, I'm sorry, not... stop, stop, stop. The place had not been repaired. And when you say held it for him as though you could have rented it to other people, it was as uninhabitable for other people as it was for him. And then you, Mr. Perez, we're waiting like some amount of time, but when did you get tired of waiting? How Or when did you change your mind about waiting? Um, between the time of the fire and the time that you say, you know what, just give me back my month, you know, the prorated rent and my security deposit, I'm just going to move on. How much time passed between those two days? It went until July. Like, the reason why... I'm sorry, like when was the fire? The fire was in February. The February of 2020. Wait, are you kidding? So in July, it still wasn't repaired? It still wasn't repaired, no. This is the thing. We have a pandemic going on, and I wanted to get a job. 
because I was laid off from my previous job, and I thought, you know, I'm living with my parents, they're older, I don't want to possibly give them COVID. So I was offered another apartment, and I accepted I said, listen, I'm, I can't wait anymore. You're taking long. And he kept giving me the excuse that because of the pandemic, he couldn't find anyone to repair the house. But even during the pandemic, in May and June, I'm looking around, I'm seeing people do repairs on houses. I'm like, what's the difference between... Yeah, construction is an essential business, and that didn't. That was never shut down. Let me just ask you a question. You're suing for a TV, a sofa, and a laptop that you say were damaged. Do you have any evidence that they were damaged? Honestly, all I will have is what I pay for it. That's all that I have. I don't have pictures. I just have a picture of the TV, and that's it. I see an email from Mr. Green to you on February 19th saying you are encouraged to come by and go through your things and see what is salvageable. After you get what you want, you can sign an affidavit to the cleaners and they'll dispose of anything you leave behind at no charge to you. You should do this in the next 48 hours. The work will take up to 11 days to finish. 11 days. All right. It is best that we are all out of the house when they're actually working on the rooms. Let me know when you wish to come by and claim what's salvageable. Did you ever go by and claim what was salvageable? Yeah, I took everything that I, you know, that I wasn't going to, you know, whatever I could, I took it out. And, you know, again, when I went back in June, I took pictures, actually, of the apartment to show how it was uninhabitable. And he was holding the apartment for God knows who, who was going to go live in there since... I wasn't occupying it. I mean, so I don't the know pictures how... you introduced into evidence were from June? Yeah, in June. All right, Mr. Green, you offer him some solution at the end of February. What was the solution you offered to him? I had another room off my kitchen called the Breakfast Nook. It's actually the room I'm sitting in now. And I offered it to him to stay at a much reduced rent until um, the repairs were made. I had no idea how long the repairs would take. They didn't start until November, and I can't fully explain why. He declined that, which was his prerogative. And so once he uh, asked for his security back, I said, okay, your email will constitute written notice of your intent to vacate in 30 days. So rather than wait the 30 days- Mr. Green, vacate from where? His mother's house? Mr. Green, no. vacate from where? There was a fire and he couldn't stay there. So where is he vacate? Well, he's got to give you 30 days notice of what? He cannot predict there's going to be a fire. As you so eloquently stated, you had a verbal contract. There is consideration. You will provide a habitable environment and he will pay you rent. The person who breached right. it through no when is you because you're the homeowner. I know you didn't set the fire. No one's accusing you of setting the fire, but it's your wiring that was faulty. Now, Mr. Perez, I need to understand from you some evidence as to what was damaged. You don't even have a picture of what was damaged. Did you end up leaving the couch there and leaving the TV there and leaving the... the why didn't you pick up the laptop when the firemen were walking in there? I mean, you knew they were going in with hoses and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm kind of lost right. here. Explain that to me. No, I mean, when I left the fire, I ran outside. Like, I didn't think of bringing yeah, anything with me. Right. Okay. So did you ever go in and take the couch? No. Did you ever go in and, and take, like, the TV? No. And what about the laptop? The laptop, that was thrown away. Do you so. have any evidence of having asked him to reimburse you for those things? No, because you know what it was? He told me, he told me that he offered for, to dry clean one of my outfits. 
And I found that to be an insult, like striking one of my outfits. I could do that myself for $12. I mean, come on. I thought I was entitled to more because I'm in his house. And why is it only his stuff is covered, but not mine? And another thing is that he told me that I'm lucky he didn't evict me. Evict me from where? The burned apartment or my mother's house? I never like, evicted him. Okay. Why should he have to pay you $295 in storage? Um, because... You are obviously you're not paying rent in uh, because I'm not going to make you and I'm not going to let him keep anything for it in for the rest of February or March or whatever else. So that should handle um, storage. In other words, you're double dipping. You want to not you want your uh, you don't want to pay rent, but you also don't want to pay storage. You got to put your furniture somewhere. If you're I, I find that you have an absolute right to terminate without notice your tenancy, because it is uninhabitable. You cannot live there. There was a fire. So I get that. But you wouldn't also get storage. All right. So the I find in favor of the plaintiff and the amount of his security deposit, $2,015, and the amount of the uh, uh, prorated portion of rent for February, and in addition, a discounted amount, not your purchase price or the, you know, for, for stuff that had to be damaged after the fire and the fireman's response. Um, that is not something that would be on your uh, tab or something you should have renter's insurance for. No, that's stuff that's damaged as a direct result of faulty wiring in a building. That is something you can claim on your landlord. So I'm finding in your favor in the amount of $2,722. Pay the man. So the plaintiff prevails to the tune of $2,700, not the $3,200 he was asking for. Mr. Green, um, how do you feel about this? $2,700, back to the plaintiff. I guess we call that justice. That's what we do. This is in court. That's the judge's decision. And you, sir, are right. That's justice. Mr. Perez, how do you feel about the outcome now? $2,700, I think that was right. Are you, you okay with that? I'm definitely happy with it. It's fair. I should have gotten it sooner. It was wrong of him to hold on to, you know, money after such a tragic event where I had, where I suffered losses. And for him to, like, make excuses to, like, take money and scam, basically. I mean, he's a thief. He's exposed on TV as a crook that would take from a person who just suffered a tragedy. And, you know, it's a shame that he's like that. I wish him no harm as he wishes me none, but I wouldn't deal with him again. All righty. Okay. Well, I think we all understand. All right. That'll conclude this case. Harvey, what do you think? Okay, Doug, so y you have a situation here where this was an electrical fire due to faulty wiring, and wiring is the responsibility of the landlord, and that's why the landlord's on the hook here. Now, if this were just a true accident or, say, another tenant started a fire accidentally, um, under normal circumstances, the landlord would not be responsible if it's an accident or caused by someone else in the building. Hey, judges, do you have people take their shoes off when they enter your house? Thanks. Jill. Uh, we don't. Um, one of our daughters does. You know yeah. that, right? Christy yes. doesn't yes. allow anybody to enter her apartment without right. taking their shoes off at the front. She's, She's probably the biggest germaphobe. She isn't. She, yeah. <laughs> but this is a topic you and I have talked about for years. About, hey, maybe it'd be a good idea to just take your shoes off before you come in the house. And I was looking uh, online the other day. There, you have, there's a lot of bacteria that are on the bottom of people's shoes. There's like they, a study from the University of Arizona found like 421,000 bacteria on the sole of a typical shoe, which sounds horrible. 
until you consider that there are trillions of bacteria on your body <laughs> already, right? Some of which can probably kill you at any given time. But uh, so I don't know what we're really going to accomplish with it. And I, and I look at our house here in Florida and I think lots of people go barefoot or, I mean, without socks in Florida. They're wearing sandals. They wear shoes with no socks. So if they take them off, they're going to be walking into your house barefoot. So do you, is that something you prefer? I don't know. I don't know. You know and then, Christy does it because she doesn't want the dust. She doesn't want to have to clean her floors constantly. Right. right. It's not really because she's so... Um, well, that's yeah. sensible. But, you know, the other thing is, even if you and I and anybody else who lives here adheres to it, the, the darn dog comes and goes barefoot <laughs> all the time and right. does her business outside and comes back in. So it's yeah. not like we're going to get control over her and no. put, maybe put little doggy no. booties and on I would her. And I would never, uh, no, we want her, her booties off. <laughs> I would never want, like, I, if I, if I changed um, a habit, it would be you and I changing the habit. Right. I wouldn't tell her, take your shoes off, and, you know, when they come to my house because I, I think uh, most of my friends would say, I'm not coming to your house. <laughs> this is the plaintiff, Edward. He says the defendant had his truck for three weeks and was supposed to fix the thing. Didn't. And here they are. He's suing for $2,000, the amount he's owed. This is the defendant, Jacob. He says he fixed the guy's truck. And when he started complaining about a leak, he told him to bring it back in. The plaintiff refused to bring him the vehicle so he could see what the issue was causing the leak and owes nothing. He's accused of shoddy workmanship. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff claims the defendant had his truck to repair for three weeks and never did it, and he says the thing still doesn't work right. But the defendant says that he fixed the guy's truck, and if there was a problem, the guy never brought it back to him, so he owes nothing. It's the case of, hey, I'm leaking badly. Thank you, Douglas. You're very welcome. Okay, Mr. Edward, you brought your car to the auto repair business owned by Mr. Jacob in order to do what? I have a rear main seal repaired. I was having an oil leak. Okay. When you walked in there, did you already know what was wrong with it? Yes, I took it to one place beforehand, and they had let me know what it was, but they couldn't fix it. They just couldn't do it. Um, so I was looking for another shop. What do you mean they couldn't fix it? They didn't have the time, or they tried, but they couldn't? No, they couldn't fix it. They didn't have the amount of manpower or time and things like that, the capacity. Okay. So you took shop. it to the defendant's shop, and the defendant's, the defendant's shop, had you ever been there before? No. Okay. How did you find him? I went to the school in the area, so I know, I know the area, so I always saw uh, a car shop there. I didn't know if they own it or not, but it's a place that's been there for okay. years, so I just stopped by there. All right. Now, this was a 2003 Nissan Pathfinder, correct? Yes. I mean, it's been around the block. All right, uh, how many miles did it have? Uh, 183, I thought like that. Okay, so now when you brought the car over to him, did he tell you, yes, no problem, I can fix it? Yes, they, uh, I told him what the issues I was having, and uh, they diagnosed it, and when they got back to me, they told me it was the same thing that the other uh, guy told me. The rear main seal was leaking. Okay, so are you the, uh, the person who actually um, spoke with him, Mr. Jacob? It's either me or one of my employees, Tommy. You don't remember? I don't remember. This was uh, nearly six months ago. Okay. 
So according to the paperwork, which I am sure you have reviewed before coming to court, that's in fact what you guys fixed a uh, rear... Rear main seal. Rear main seal. All right. And you charged him $778.79? Yes, that included an oil change. Okay. And so when did you next hear from him saying, hey, the repair didn't take? I received a phone call uh, shortly after his warranty expired, which is he asked me over the phone, what are the warranty? I did mention it's 30 days in our labor, one year on the parts. But I told okay, him can I ask you a question? Where the on the paperwork does it say that it's a 30-day warranty? Actually, it does not. Right. So how would a client know that it's a 30-day warranty uh, as opposed to anything else? Uh, it says in the office on a price Do sheet. you have any pictures to show me that a client would see in order to be on notice that... No, I, currently uh, I don't. Okay. Uh, all right. So um, I, I don't think that you're able to prove that there is only a 30-day warranty. That's an that's a absolute defense. If he comes to you on day 31, this case is over right now. But you've got to be able to prove that he knew there was only 30 days being warranted. But now let's talk about what happens. He brings it to you after 30 days and says it's leaking again, right? And what do you guys do? I told him to bring it in to, so we can t verify it. And it was leaking from the same area. Unfortunately, the seal, you cannot see it. It's between the engine and transmission. It requires to remove the transmission out of the vehicle. So what'd you do? We had to wait until we clear out some jobs before we can uh, get them on a lift and start working on it. We did remove the transmission. The seal was wet. We had purchased another one and replaced it. Okay, so you did it a second time. All right, and then, Correct. now according to you, what happens, um, Mr. Edward? Uh, the first time or the second time I got it back? Well, the first time, how long did they have your car? Uh, about a week. The second time, how long did they have your car? About three weeks. All right. And then after the, the second time, you think it's all solved, and what happens? I'm driving. The same thing's happening again. My oil light's flashing. I, uh, actually, after the second time, I put cardboard underneath it, and maybe a few seconds later, the car's leaking oil in the same exact area it was doing you know, back in June, the first time I took it to him. How soon did that happen? When I got it back the second time, I checked it out that day. I put the carbon oh, in. Did you call him that day? Yes. And then what happens? What does he tell you over the phone? Well, I, I, uh, the second time I wanted my money back because it was doing the exact same thing. And he told me he was going to call me back. I never got a call back. So then I waited about another week and I called back, demanded my money. And he told me it could be something else leaking, you know, just kind of give me the runaround. So that's when I made an appointment with the uh, car dealership. And what did the and car dealership the, tell you? It's the rear main seal leaking. Again, did they tell you if, whether there was yeah. some other thing causing it? No, it's the rear main seal. The same thing I paid them to fix. Right. Now, according to you, Mr. Jacob, uh, this could be something else. Tell me what your defense is on that. Go ahead. C correct. Uh, number one reason why seals leak is a faulty PCV valve. Uh, Mr. Edward did not give us a chance to bring the vehicle back in so we can actually diagnose it and find out what's causing the problem. We fixed the leak, but we didn't get to the bottom of the actual cause. If the number one reason why a rear main seal will leak is a P some PVC valve that you're talking about, why didn't you check that the second time you had his car for three weeks? Well, we thought it was just a faulty defective seal. 
Uh, it could have been damaged. But why? If it's the number one reason, then that's the number one thing you should have done the second time. In other it's words, I understand when you tell me, oh, it's not the number one reason. I got that from you. It's, it's not the it, number one it's reason? One of, it's one of the bigger reasons. Well, well, apparently you at the time thought that one of the bigger reasons would be that what you installed had failed because what you did was install another one. So does the guy have to come to you a third time? Because it's two times he came to you. I understand that a car is a very complex piece of machinery. And I understand that there could be, you know, if I bring you my car and you say X is broken and X is really broken and then you fix X and then my car is still 183,000 mile, you know, 17 year old car and something else goes wrong. I can't look at you and say, oh, but you said you'd fix my car and you didn't. So you breached my contract. I know that's not how it works. However, I've got a very specific set of facts in this case where he brings it to you. It doesn't, the repair doesn't work. You do the repair a second time and then it also doesn't work. And then you want him to bring it to you a third time. And I've got to decide whether that's reasonable. I might have brought it to you a third time. I might have, because I'm an idiot. But I don't think that I can impose that standard on Mr. Edward. Welcome back to the People's Court. So how many times would you bring your car back to a repair shop for the exact same problem? Let's find out. We'll go back into the courtroom. He already gave it to you for a total of one month. And if after two shots you couldn't get a seal to stick, then what did he pay you for? I'm going to order you to return, not the oil change, obviously, but the amount that he paid you in order to have the job done, which is $743.79. You don't get, like, double that extra in inconvenience and loss of time. You don't get to make it triple the case it is, uh, even though I'm sure you're angry, but you do get your $743.79 back. Good luck, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. So the plaintiff is going to get $743, not $2,000 back. Mr. Jacob, let me see what you think about this, uh, the outcome of the case. I think I didn't get a fair shot to actually find out what the problem is and correct Mr. Dawson's car, but I agree with, you know, with the judge's decision. Okay. Well, you've got to give him $743, I think it is, back. And that's the judge's verdict. You're going to have to live with that. Uh, Edward, let me ask you how you feel about it. I know you wanted a lot more money than you're going to get, but uh, $743, how about that? Sounds fair to me. Very good. What, what, what's the status of the car now? Has it been fixed yet? No, not yet. As soon as I get the money back, I'll get it fixed. Well, good luck to you. Hope you find a place that can do it for that amount of money. When you're driving a 2003 car, about 17 years old, and you've got that kind of mileage on it, you're gonna have problems from time to time. So obviously this was a major one, but uh, you were not impressed that they weren't able to diagnose it better on the second time around. I just, yeah. I mean, you have the guy's car for a month. If you're yeah. gonna tell me that the number one reason is a PVC valve, then why didn't you look at that? Right. The oh, I, no, not the number one. Okay, right. well then how, like you assumed, you're the expert and you assumed that the seal you put in was faulty. So you put in another seal. Right. Why shouldn't I assume that the seal you put in the second time was also faulty? <laughs> but wouldn't that be the first step? I mean, come on, you know, the seal, uh, the seal failed apparently. You put a new seal in, I guess. I uh, guess, but how many but, times is a, I mean, would you have brought your car in a third uh, time? I think my confidence might've been shattered a little bit after the second time it didn't really take. But you know, this is a car, I had almost 200,000 miles on it. And I was doing a little quick back of the envelope math on this. If you drove your car all the way around the world, if there was a highway around the <laughs> equator, 
eight times you would have the mileage that this guy's got on the car. I mean, that thing's been, it's been rode pretty hard. So, <laughs> rode hard and put away yeah, wet. Maybe. So uh, hopefully now uh, he gets the repair made I hope properly. So. And it has a happy ending. So Devin wants to know this. Hey, Harvey. My mother took care of my dog for a few days and she let him eat something rotten from a garbage can. My dog got sick and the vet bill was 750 bucks. Can my mother be responsible for that? Can I sue her? Really? You want to sue her for that? Well, here's the thing. If your mom was negligent, if she left the garbage can open, out in the open for the dog, maybe that could be considered negligence. I would consider maybe sitting down with your mom. It may not be worth ruining the relationship.